the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. They say we're young and we don't know, we won't find out till we grow. Well, I don't know, while that's true, cause you got me. Good morning, everyone. You found Financial Food for Thought. Got Mark Dolly and Carrie Waddell's back with me. Carrie, yeah. how are you doing okay over there? Yeah, I'm doing okay. Uh, Brought back a vacation cold, but. <laughs> all right, we'll have to tell us. It's always good to get away. Oh, uh, uh, well, okay. So, I mean, I'm going to have to talk the whole time, Carrie, right? You uh, might, yeah. Not that I've, uh, you know, I've been blamed you, on that. That's hard to, for you to do, isn't it, Mark? Yeah, but. Uh, so, why am I playing the song, Carrie? I don't know. Well, so we're taping the show on Friday, Groundhog Day. Okay. So, did you ever see the movie? I've seen the movie well, several this, times with um, Bill Murray. Yeah, you know from and 19, Andy McDowell, nineteen ninety three. This oh was the God. song. Remember, you woke up every oh, morning yeah. to to the song. I, it's been years since I saw it. You know, you know who sings this song, Carrie? I'm just double checking um, here. Isn't this Sunny and Cher? Very good, Carrie. Okay, I, was I remember say. watching that yeah, show. Not any of them millennials don't even probably know the yeah. movie or the song, right? Yeah. The Z generation, they weren't even born. So the song was the number one hit in 1965. Yeah. okay. Um, gosh, I wonder how many times that duo sung this song. Because they had a show. Right, TV. that's why I remember. Like, they every, remember They closed that. every show with it. Um, I still love the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so what's the ground? So, the Groundhog Day. So, you know, Gobbler's Knob, right? Puxaquani Phil, right, Carrie? Right. Um, so, what did we find out? He did not see his shadow. Okay. Okay. Um, so, what does this all relate back to, Carrie? So, it's old folklore, right? It, it was it, so it, the idea, you know, whether there's six more weeks of winter or not, right? So, it was always the um, the his, the calendar, you know, when they right. follow the calendar. So. It goes from the Yule period or the winter solstice, you right. know, which is around December twenty first, right? And it's the halfway point between then and the the spring, the spring equinox, right. right? You know, which is Ostara is what they call that period, right? So it's the midpoint, and, and they call it Imbolc. Right? Okay, and it's always, you know, it's not always exactly the same day every year. Where Groundhog Day is always right. the second, um, but the but. The idea is that if you take that time period, so winter is normally 
88 or 89 days, depending right. on the calendar. We got a we got a leap year this year. Yeah. Um, so if you say, well, half of that is 45 days, right? So that's what six weeks, right? right? So so that's where it comes from. Oh, okay. It, I never knew. I just remember in school, it was a big deal between the Valentine's and Groundhog Day that was on the bulletin boards. Right. So, so, it, so, it, so the, the, the then the more recent folklore is that the groundhog, right? If he sees his shadow, right. he scares himself, right, and and he hurries back into his burrow, right, for, right. And there's six more weeks of winter. Okay. So if he doesn't see his shadow, he's out, and that that is calling for a early spring. So that has nothing to do with the, whether it's a cloudy day or the sun out. So. I, I think it does. I, I, right, I, well, absolutely does. I'm just saying. Yeah, because I, he I was, always thought it was kind of dumb. Like, how does that even what, you know? Well, but, uh, and so we have our own Buckeye Chuck, you know, okay. in, in, in Marion, Ohio. And he agrees with Puskendami Phil, you know, that, and the, the, they, the, the Groundhogs has about a 40%, um, <laughs> Uh, rate of uh, success. Okay. But, Carrie, no, what, what I'm wondering, Carrie, is, you know, the skittish rodent, can he do a better job on predicting when inflation's going to end yeah. than our Federal Reserve? Mm. I, I mean, I'm looking for, uh, you know, transitory fill. Right. Okay. Where's he been hiding? So so we'll, we'll talk about that because we did get a lot of econ data. We, we had the triple play payroll, right? Mm-hmm. And it seems awfully early because it's, again, it's only the second of, you know, so they, but they got the numbers done. And we'll, we'll kind of look at those. Also, January has now passed, right? Right. So we'll look, we'll take a final look at the January barometer. You know, that's right. the idea of a lot of Wall Streeters uh, use January as a barometer of how they think the stock markets will do for the entire year, right? Um, also, the, the, well, I've got a scam alert, Gary. You know, okay. we, we had mentioned on this show in the past that we keep hearing ab- and reading about all the scams that are out there. Right. So we keep we keep telling our audience we will keep bringing it to your attention. Um, and, and, and if, if you, if you're saying, well, Mark, I'm, I'm never going to fall for one of those scams. Okay. Well, make sure you talk to your parents about it. Right. Or your children about it. Okay. Because they might not be right. up on the ball as much as you. Because all we hear about is how many more people are falling right. to the scams. Um, and then, but most of today, Carrie, I want to, Talk about, um, you know, when we talk about financial planning and, you know, we're very active planners at the estate planning team. Um, you know, we're not the ones that do, uh, you know, a 30 page Monte Carlo analysis and then put it in and then give it to you and never look at it again. Um, it's not, you know, we're more of saying, you know, financial planning discipline is getting into the, um, the idea that every year you're kind of following a certain track of what you should be doing financially. 
to keep on track, right? And and so we can even break the year down into quarters or even months. Sometimes you know we talk about quarters, and so we've been talking about what we typically are you know doing for our clients in the financial maintenance program in the first quarter of the year, right? So, um, so today I want to talk about something that we've been doing for clients carry for I decades. Um, the idea, I call it the, you know, RMD crib sheet, right? Right. Um, and it's, it's that idea of, you know, trying to track when you, when you get in and, and, and this also kind of gets in the idea of carry trying to prevent what sometimes we call rookie retiree mistakes, right? And part of that is, you know, you, if, if, if you're not used to the RMD situation, um, and I'm going to use IRA broadly here, Carrie, I'm really talking about any tax qualified plan could be the 401k, the 403b, the 457, the simple SEPs, top, you know, go on and on and on. Just the idea of those qualified plans that are subject to those required minimum distribution right. rules, right? And the idea is we, we, we came across this many, like I said, many, many years ago when we realized that some of our clients carry, they may have multiple accounts that fall under that umbrella. Right. Now, some people may only have one and it's not too, it's not too difficult to track one. Right. But maybe you're in a marriage, you know, a married couple that each have two or three. Right. It can add up, right? But we have clients that have more than two or three. We have clients that are in a double digits. Oh, yeah. More than one, a few. Well, they might have IRA CDs, an IRA savings account, a company plan, couple company plans from different places, IRA um, investments. So, you know, you know, and, and it, it's that idea of saying, well, get, how could you get in the practice of keeping track of that? Because the other thing that we found over the years, Carrie, is that it, it, we don't know. <laughs> it's not that every client every year, but it's certainly every year there's one of our clients who messes this up. Right. And, and I've already had one mm -hmm. that I just found out about last year. Okay. Um, and it's the idea that they, they either, one, they forget to do the RMD. Right. Now, if they're still actively in a maintenance process, we're going to catch that. By the way, Mark, I was going to say, because we always double check. We ask for 1099Rs. Like this time of year when we're asking for the net worth updates, we're asking for what are your RMDs? Because we're checking off against the crib right. sheet. We and, have the crib sheet for our And then we also want to plan for 2024, what should happen. Right. And then we're recapping what should happen, did it happen. Carrie, did you steal my notes for this morning? No, I didn't. Okay, uh, yeah. right. So I'm going to talk a lot about that, and and how we how we step our clients through that, and how that works. Um, all right. So what did the payroll report give us? Um, well, it started with the the infamous ADP report, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the one that – so they said that the actual jobs created in December were 107,000. Okay. Now, that seems kind of low. Um, and 
They and they also they revised downward the previous months. Okay. From 164,000 to 158,000. So they're saying for the last consecutive months, 158,000 and 107,000. Okay. Um, they also though said wage gains, which again is, 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 you know, the idea of how is the U.S. consumer doing, right? They said that wage gains on an annual basis for the, for the, you know, the latest period, 5.2%. Okay. All right. That is pretty outstanding. Um, now, does that mean that everyone listening had got a 5.2% raise? Of course not. Right. But it's, it's just the idea that it, on the, on the countrywide, it, that is going up. In other words, uh, and, and, but that's what sometimes the, the Federal Reserve highlights is one of the things they're concerned about is what we call a wage price spiral, right? Mm-hmm. So then we got the JOLTS report. The job opening and labor turnover. Okay. So the consensus was looking for 8.75 million. It came in better than that. 9.02 million, a three month high. Okay. All right. Um, and now their revision was upward, you know, from the previous from, um, 8.79 million upwards to 8.92. So over the two consecutive periods, you're looking at, you know, you know, that 9 million handle, right? Now remember, that's a two month old report. So that was for December, mm-hmm. right? Um, whereas the, the rest of the jobs data is for January now. Um, so the, um, and they're saying that new hires is not, is, is, is relatively flat right now. Um, but they are saying that, um, quits and, and resignations are, have been declining. So maybe is the great resignation period over, Carrie? Um, you know, are people back to the office? We'll, we'll, we'll see. So, but still it says that, you know, there's almost one and a half jobs available for every unemployed worker who, okay. who's looking for work. Right. right. Um, so there we go from there. Um, then we had the, uh, you know, then, but then we got today, because we're taping the show on Friday, we got the month jobs report. All right. So this is what raised some eyebrows. Um, because when, when we look at that, so the consensus, um, was looking for 185,000. Okay. Okay. Um, and, you know, the, the previous month, it came in at, like 216,000. So the consensus was actually saying it was going to decrease. Did you see the number this morning? Carrie? No, I did not. It came in at 353,000 new non-farm payrolls. That's amazing for January too. Okay. Um, mm. when that's double what the consensus was thinking, even the, the whisper high side of the consent of the estimates was only 300,000. It blistered past the, the high estimate. All right. And the, for their revision, they previously, you know, the previous month, they revised upwards. So from that, you know, 216,000 that I mentioned, they revised that up to 333,000. Mm. So you're talking close to 700,000 jobs. That doesn't seem right. And unemployment, (laughs) okay, the unemployment rate stayed steady at 3.7%. 
Okay. Um, and, and the other important thing that we get from the jobs report is what they say that the average hourly earnings is, because that, that's a number that, yeah. you know, again, t- you know, a, a barometer of how the U.S. consumer is going to do, right? So that came, so that ticked up for the month up 0.6%. <laughs> Very, you know, oppressive, and and an annual year-over-year basis, four point five percent. So, did you hear yet if the White House is doing a victory lab because oh, his ratings think? are down? All right, I um, mean, his ratings are down. Maybe I don't know. Bidenomics is working. I think, you think we're going to hear a that. Little, uh, sounds now, a little bit of a stretch. Well, is this like creative math? I mean, I don't know. Are, you know, it's good news. Are you going out and buying your Apple Vision Pro headset today? Oh, heck no. You know, for the bargain price of $3,500? What is it? It's the it's the latest thing from Apple. Oh, I don't have Apple products. I keep my phone okay. until it's not worth replacing. Well, and I don't do iPhones because they have the... You have to buy all the accessories. I wonder if one of your boys is going out and getting it, Carrie. I don't think so. None right. of my, I think only one of my kids has a... All right, it's a new Apple. headset, you know, I doubt real it. world, you know. Oh, yeah, no, I doubt any of mine. Okay, it's only $3,500. The lines are forming right now. All right, um, so, but, but, so, and so when you look at this, so, so obviously, I, does the, is it, which do you believe more, the ADP report, the 107,000 jobs, or the uh, jobs report with 353,000? I say door number three, none of them. You know, now, neither. But the other thing, too, is, but they're both consistently saying that the wage growth is there on the most recent 12 right. month rolling, right? And, and so that's the point. If, cause we, we got, you know, where did inflation end at the end of the year? Remember CPI, right? Headline CPI for the year ended up at 3.4%. Core, which nobody wants to use, I'm saying I'm saying core because core is higher than headline right now. Who would have thunk, right? Um, but core was at 3.9%. But even if you look at core, up 4% inflation for last year, but the wage growth is jobs report saying four and a half and, you know, ADP is saying 5.2. You know, it's beating. Right. So. What does this mean? It means that unemployed. So we've got a we've so the so the U.S. labor works. You know, f- force is strong. They can go out and get a job if they want. They're getting higher pay. It's now beating inflation. Okay. We also unemployment is is low. Basically, you know, employed. Um, this basically means that there ain't no interest rate cuts coming in March, right. Gary. I mean, obviously, that's off the table. Um, and probably it probably offer may as well. So, you know, we'll see how the stock market reacts to it because the stock market is really anticipating fed rate cuts because historically we know that the market has performed very well in the 12 months, even the six months following when, when, uh, the federal reserve indicates that they now start <laughs> cutting rates, um, but do you think perhaps that the uh, – are these numbers being fudged? So interesting uh, enough – I would say yes. So interesting enough, this is an article that came out really before – you know, it came out a week ago. So it was before this latest jobs data. But that, that was specifically talking about – in the head – and the shock line was U.S. employment report over-exaggerated job growth by 400,000. Um, now – all right, so what is this? So what what are they basing this on? So they're saying that a recent analysis of the jobs market by a non-government party 
reveals that there may have been some errors in the jobs report throughout 2023. Hmm. A Fox Business report released, this was released a couple weeks ago, revealed that for the first 11 months of 2023, the Bureau of Labor Statistics overestimated the number of jobs added to the economy by 439,000 positions. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, so this leads to Fox raising the question, is the administration, the Biden administration, pressuring the Bureau to create jobs in the report that don't exist? Is there someone along the administrative line that's dropping the ball and creating false numbers? Okay. Um, so the Fox's, you know, report, their business, it's Fox business report claimed that, um, it, you know, that when they came out with this, so then a lot of the Democrats said, Oh, don't, they, they just quickly discarded the Fox report, right? Right. Cause they're saying, Oh, that's just propaganda. They're just trying to get votes for right. the, for the Republicans, right? Um, they're trying to, you know, say that. Yeah, the, but it just doesn't, I don't know. I'm not saying it's, it just seems a little. Much. Okay. But what did the Fox report said? It said that the, Biden administration quietly erased jobs from the reports through the first 11 months of the year, inflating their job percentage creation even higher ah. than what would have already been reported. According to the numbers, a surge in hiring in the government sector was also one of the factors driving up employment demand. All right. Um, so let's see. They're also saying that the payroll data... Um, isn't entirely accurate. Oh. Okay. Um, the, so, so the numbers in the jobs report are largely taken from payroll data that is reported by companies. This data informs how many positions were added to their company based on salaries offered. Well, that's kind of a weird way to calculate. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and this could be an inaccurate metric of growth. Um, so, so David Rosenberg of Rosenberg Research, he posted on, you know, Twitter, he claimed that more than $400,000 of payroll growth was revised downward after the fact. Much of the job growth didn't even happen during 2023. He claims it was part of the fairy tale birth death model. Now, has any, have you ever heard of the fairy, fairy tale birth death model? No. This is getting in, this is getting the sausage made, right? Okay. All right. Um, the birth death model of economics is an estimate created by the Bureau of Labor Statistics to predict the net number of jobs added to the economy by job creation and the number of jobs lost by companies closing or death. The survey conducted by the Bureau fills in the gaps that are left oh. behind in the birth death estimate, and this can mean that sometimes the numbers that are projected for growth by the Bureau are a little less than accurate. Little? Okay. Um, and, you know, this isn't the first time the, you know, Bureau's numbers have been questioned oh. um, in August of 2023. The Bureau admitted that from March of 2022 to March of 2023, they mistakenly overestimated number of jobs added to the economy by more than 300,000. Um, in December of 2022, the Philadelphia Reserve Bank estimated that the official federal data overestimated the number of jobs added to the economy by 1.1 million in the second quarter of 2022. 
All right. What? Um, so wait now, a second. They over say that again, Mark. They overestimated by one point one million. Okay. For the for the. Uh, so how do you for, even trust the their numbers? Quarter. I mean. Okay. Um, the December jobs report reveals that more than six hundred thousand workers dropped out of the labor force in quarter four of twenty twenty three. That is a record high number of people now hold multiple jobs. Oh, okay. So what? This is the and I've heard this before too. They're saying that. You know this unemployment and everything. They're saying that uh, that people take second jobs. Okay. So it's really it's but it's really not full employment. I mean, if you have to take a second or third job because no one's paying you for you know forty the hours a week, right. yeah, because then you got to cover human benefits and stuff. Right. So you got to take multiple jobs. They're saying that person's not unemployed, and a lot of people question that. And say, right. no, that person really is unemployed. They would love to have a 40 or hour. Or they underemployed. Right. They would love to have a 40 hour work right. week with paid benefits. Right. Okay. Um, so there's that. And of course, I think most people, maybe not, I mean, most people are getting over, you know, Biden's claim that he's created 14 million jobs. Right. He, where, which we know a lot of that was just the rehires right. from the shutdown. Oh, yeah. You can't get credit for that. And, oh, he keeps, and he keeps trying to take credit for that. Oh, I nice. think most people understand that. Well, I a, think he's just not all there. So, um, and but he's been saying, I mean, you know, I mean, how many times has he said that? Oh, I'm the greatest. Oh, it just drives oh me crazy. God. How do you count those as new hires? They were the, the companies had to shut down. <laughs> but anyway, it's our government. Um, but they're saying if you net that out, he's actually created about 4.86 million. But he has not created the jobs. Well, I mean, you could say his administration, but 4.86 is a far cry from 14 million. Oh, jeez. All right. Um, all right, so so there you go. So I don't know. Can we believe the numbers or not? Absolutely not. Um, you, you know, the the point being is, um, it all it all goes back to the idea of well, how is this year shaping up? Are, are, you know, what are you doing in your model? Are, do you think we're going to go into recession? Do you think the Federal Reserve has successfully navigated the soft landing? Are you looking for you know transitory fill to tell you you know we've got six more weeks of inflation, or do you think longer? You know, it, this is what it, it, regardless of the shock lines out there, nobody knows. The point is that you know what do you want to do? You know how conservative and you know realistic are you making your model, and maybe you want to run a plan R just in case it does go downward and we do have a recession that you at least have an idea of is that going to derail your retirement plan the last thing Carrie is you know the January barometer all right and so this is again is where another predictor of the market and a lot of people say how the market goes is how their financial plan is going Carrie right, right? Um, and so and also how they're, you know, it's that wealth effect, you know, if people feel, feel better about spending and, and retiring at, on time, if they plan on retiring this year, if the mark, if their market products are doing well, their market investments versus they start losing confidence. Right. If the market's crashing and typically with a U.S. recession is correlated with a downturn in the market. Historically, you know, 20 to 25%. 
Um, now, that doesn't mean you're down 25% because, you know, you're probably not 100% in stocks, right? But it's, it's, it's just the idea. If you're 50-50, you got 50% of your stocks and it's down 20, you could be down 10. So that, and, and if you think that's a realistic possibility, then what we suggest is you build a plan R or a recession plan or recovery plan just to see how would it look if you do that. Are you, could you still retire this year if that's what you're planning? Or maybe it's buying a new house or, you know, some other major financial decision you were waiting, you know, waiting to do. Um, so but anyways, back to the January barometer. I said, well, so it's a predictor. Let's use the month of January to, to guesstimate how the market's going to do for the entire year. And there's really three legs of it. Um, one is the Santa Claus rally, which really it, it, it goes into the ending week of the previous year. So it's the last five trading days of the previous year plus the two, first two trading days of the new year. Then there is the, what we call the January effect. And that just looks at the first five trading days of January. And, and Or the third one is just you just look at the whole month of January. And so we already looked at the first two earlier. Um, and the idea is if all three of those are up like one percentage point, that bodes well that the market's going to do well for the entire year. Uh, similarly, if all three are losses in those periods, it doesn't bode well that the market will do for the entire year. Okay, so so how do we do this time around? So the Santa Claus rally, remember, that was slightly negative. It was down 0.88, you know, so that's strike one, okay? How about the January effect, the first five days of this January? That also was down, but even less than the Santa Claus. That was down 0.13%, barely down, but certainly not 1% positive. That's strike two. So, Carrie, strike three, you're done, Okay. So how did the month of January? Well, lo and behold, it pulled out. <laughs> okay, and it did just fine. So Jan, and I'm using the S and P 500 right. here. Um, so the S and P 500 for the month of January was up 1.59 percent. So two out of the three are negative. That doesn't. Well, we, we we don't know. I mean, when two out of the three were negative in 2022, the market was down 20 percent, right? Um, but. That one, you know, but I think the month of January is the strongest of the three, in my in my opinion. It's particularly opinion. Um, but also, this is, as you had mentioned, it's an election year. Right. And, I don't trust anything. Well, historically, though, the market does fine in election right. years. All right. So, so there you go. Um, whether, it, it, you know, I don't know who or any of these are good reasons to, you know, or you can hang your hat on, but the idea is maybe all of them in total um, is the idea that, you know, does gives you some peace of mind, or if you're, if you really uh, want to go the negative route or the most, you know, maybe the most conservative is, is Mark, let's assume higher inflation for longer. Let's assume an economic downturn in the next two to three years. Now I want to see under those scenarios in my plan, am I still going to be okay? Because as we always said is that however bad the, the short term economic is, you know, times are, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're running out of money in the short term. It just, in, in a weird way, it just affects the longevity of your plan. 
And so that's what, you know, now if you don't have a financial plan that's looking out in the future, I don't know how you measure your progress or how you then run. You know, you, you need a base case scenario right. before you can run a worst case scenario, right? So that's typically the process for our new clients. We said, okay, well, let's, let's first build the, you know, base case A, right? Which is saying based on, you know, the best assumptions you can make. And, 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 and we'll talk, and we talk all that on this radio show all the time. But then if, as long as plan A is working, now maybe we run a plan R or a worst case scenario and say, well, what if? What if I don't get my 5% rate of return? What if there is an economic downturn? What if inflation stays higher for longer? You know, how does that affect, does that derail my retirement plan? Am I still going to be okay? Or maybe I, it's, it's giving enough of a risk out there in the long term that I need to adjust something now. Do I need to work a year longer, two years longer? Um, do I need to cut back my travel budget? A bit, you know, these types of, it leaves you in a decision making mode. And, and that's what I don't see a lot of the Monte Carlo analysis getting to. You know, you know, I just, you know, a lot of my clients, my new clients, they bring in, they dust it off. They say, Oh yeah, my investment advisor ran this thing for me. And I said, well, you know, what decisions did you make in that? I said, I don't know. I really don't understand well, it. I think it may give people's like, Oh, okay. I'm going to be okay. But does it tell you how to create the income you need tax efficiently? Is it talking about IRA distribution planning, Roth conversions or timing of social security? Is it giving you concrete um, understanding of if I make this decision, what's the outcome and is there a better way? And those are things we do for our clients at the estate planning team. And you're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We are here every Saturday morning between 9 and 10. And we're sponsored by the estate planning team. And the estate planning team has been helping people in the greater Cleveland area for more than 37 years through unbiased objective advice and analysis. What we do is comprehensive planning and help people through the analysis, recommendations, and step-by-step through implementation. We do offer a free consultation um, by phone or in person to see if you can benefit from the type of planning we offer. We don't do investments. That's not what we do. We do the modeling, number crunching, and help people know if you're retired, when can I afford to retire, and what does that translate to the lifestyle I want? Or if you're in retirement, um, how can I create the income needed tax efficiency, use opportunities in the complicated tax code, and how do I accomplish my financial goals for myself and maybe my heirs down the road? And um, take advantage of a free consultation. You can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. You can also visit the website for a consultation or sign up for the new newsletter and other helpful information at financialfoodforthought.com. All right, your voice is hanging in there, yeah. Karen. So, just quickly, how did the cruise go, though? It was good. I mean, a couple ports were canceled. So, where, we were, so the, where were you at? You were at um, with your family. Yeah, I was with my parents and my kids. We left Orlando or Port Canaveral. We flew right. into Orlando, and my kids drove, and we went to. We were supposed to go to their private island, uh, Norwegian. That got canceled because you have to take Tinder boats. A little okay. too rough. And then we were supposed to go to Costa Maya. We were originally supposed to go to Belize. I don't know why that was kind of the reason we booked it. Hmm. Um, So that got canceled. Yeah, Yeah, it got canceled. So then we went to Cozumel. But anybody who had excursions in Cozumel for Friday, 
they were trying to transfer and you couldn't book any excursions, which we were getting ready to do. Mm. Um, because I was trying to get everybody together and I'd gone to the, oh yeah, you can book the, you know, up to the day before. And so we kind of went there. I took my parents shopping. And then in Cosmo, yeah. Yeah, My mom bought, my bought some, my mom bought some jewelry. She does every time. Like she wheels and deals. And, did, she, did, she, did she barter with the... With, oh, yeah. Well, oh, her great. and my dad, yeah. Oh, and they were giving free shots of tequila in the, <laughs> in, in the jewelry store. Was it real tequila? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my older two and my parents did it. I did not, and my younger one. Um, I might have worn it off the cold, Carrie. And, yeah, that's... Well, I was fine then. It wasn't until I got back the yeah. day after. Um, then we went to Honduras, Rotan. That was fun. Like, we went on a dune buggy, got muddy. I wish they... Excursion I would have loved to see that, Carrie. Oh, I was covered in mud. We were all covered in mud from, like, half my body. So I what do you do if you're covered in... I mean... Well, they had outdoor showers, so you oh, just okay. rinse off. But okay. the boys just took their shirts off, put their bathing suits on, and... Could you I, just jump in the water there? Was it? Well, no, there was nothing other than the shower there. Okay. But then you went to the nature preserve that had like sloths and monkeys and toucans that you get to hold and take pictures with. That's cool. And then you got to like hang out at the beach. And there was a beach there. Somewhere else, they took you. It was okay. like three separate stops. My parents didn't do that, but no. so at least I got to do one. It was a little too much just on ship. Same old, same old. Especially when we we're supposed to. Well, have too four much food stop. on the ship. Are you saying? No, I did. I did good. I mean, my boys didn't. I think my boys ate like five meals a day because we would have right. like dinner midnight and they would, they would go to the... Di- they don't do those midnight buffets anymore. What do you mean? Cruises don't do that anymore. Really? No. Because I remember the once I went when I was 13, those buffets, like it was artistry. Like the food and was gorgeous. They don't do that anymore. So like my young 17-year-old, he would eat dinner with us if we had to sit down and then he'd go to the buffet and then he'd be up late at night, and there was a twenty-four hour like little bar and grill. He would eat a burger by himself there, or well, a sandwich. Okay. so just as good he'd as have like three dinners, yeah. right? But he ate literally like five or six oh, meals he, a yeah, day. He'll burn off the calories. Oh yeah, absolutely. His, his age. All right, so you're you're back in the cruising. Yeah, I think cruising yeah. is coming back. Right, I, I like Remember, it. During the Rona, they thought maybe cruising would be yeah, done. Yeah, no, us. and no it was it, our, it's our, in, it's in human's It was blood. completely. Um, Book too. Yeah, no, pe- no. The cruising is never going to go away. <laughs> Maybe the style of it will change, right? But um, yeah. So you you guys aren't wearing you know formal dresses and tuxes for oh, dinner no, anymore. No, right? yeah, no, no. Well, those days are past. Very few. Well, there was a few people really dressed up, but it wasn't the norm. Yeah. All right. All right. So, all right. So, let's talk a little bit, Carrie, about this financial maintenance or what I'm calling the RMD crib sheet. And why do I say, you know, why is that important and and why now at this time of year to start thinking about it? Well, number one, I've said, so this is the time of year that you're adding up or, you know, calculating what your end of the year net worth is, right? Mm-hmm. Because you, that's what you're supposed to be comparing it to. In other words, how did, how did I end up at the end of the year? And by the way, where was I supposed to end up at the right. end of the year? You got to measure, you have to have a measurable progress in right. retirement, right? Now, if you don't have a formal plan that's projected where your net worth should be at the end of the year, I don't know what you compare it to. Right. 
Right. So that maybe they got to start there. But all right. So you're grabbing your year and numbers. And so you're already grabbing. And that's what we need, because, as you know, your RMD for this year is based on the balance at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. So if you're already putting that end of the year net worth together, you, that's the start, you know, so g- grab your IRAs. And again, I'm using that term broadly, you know, and, and so you, you're grabbing those numbers at the same time. Um, okay, then it's also this time of the year in the planning maintenance, you, you, you should um, really be putting your final touches on what you really believe your cash flow needs are going to be for this year. Right. Okay, regardless of what your 30-year plan right. that you did two years ago said you'd be spending this year, right? It's This is the time you better you know, make your decisions. Are you doing the new kitchen this year or not? Or if you think you are, you're on the fence, let's, let's put it in there. Yeah, are you buying the new car this year or are you not? What are your health care expenses? Do you have some dental work? Because, you know, if right. you have a crown or something else that doesn't cover. Right, so you should really be, you know... Like I said, making the final assumptions there, um, and and the idea is that your RMDs are going to play an important role of how much cash you know they're going to provide for you, right? Mm-hmm. So you want to get an accurate RMD amount, right? You don't want to use what your plan projected your twenty twenty four RMDs to be three years ago. You want to get the actual because it's based on the December thirty first value. Right. And also, it, it, it this, you could, you could fold into this, you know, if you're doing any QCDs, you know, mm-hmm. qualified charitable distribution planning. All right. Um, and then also, this is the time of year, maybe not quite yet, but, you know, tax season is open, right? Um, that you're, you know, you're getting your previous year's tax return done. All right. Um, and now once that's done, you know now what, at least you know what your previous year safe harbor needs to be, right? If you're going to rely on that for your estimated taxes, this is one of the rookie retire ruts that we talk about all the time that, you know, uh, there's a, we've noticed over the decades that, um, a lot of people going into retirement don't have a good working knowledge of how they're supposed to be paying their estimated taxes. Because when they were working, they really didn't have to worry about it because the U.S. payroll departments do a darn good job of guesstimating how much taxes they should be withholding. So usually, you know, your W-2 withholding is always enough or not too, sh- you know, short that it's a problem. Now, that that's not everybody. It's a general right. rule. Um, but, you know, but in retirement, when the wages end and that systematic withholding ends, people get caught. And they're like, oh, I, I didn't know what I was supposed to do. Right. So, um, so you know, it, it's it's that idea. So, because once you know what your previous year safe harbor is, and you you know now we can kind of earmark how much of that RMD we need to cover your taxes through withholding elections. Right. And that's a rut you don't want to get into. Just, you know, it's not the idea that what you withheld from your RMD last year is what you withhold from your RMD this year and what you withhold from your RMD for the next 20 years. That's a very inactive, static plan. We're more active than that, the state planning team. We say, no, it may, you may change that depending on what's happening in the year, depending on what your cash flow needs really are for the year, and depending what your previous year safe harbor is, because that changes every year, right? So, 
So those are so those are three reasons. And the fourth reason is why you may want to do this is right now is because you might not be able to do it later in the year. If you know what I mean, Carrie. Okay. All right. Um now, so if you get this crib sheet up to date and something happens to you, you're going to be leaving your surviving spouse or your heirs, if, if, if you're the last spouse, in a much better position to pick up the reins right. because you're gone or incapacitated. So, you know, word to the wise, right? So, so that's why... We say, okay, this is the time of year that we, we, you know, we've got our clients kind of saying, yeah, let's, you know, as while you're grabbing the year end net worth, let's make sure we start this RMD crib sheet, right? Okay. Um, so, so what goes on the crib sheet? Um, well, it's the idea carries what we were saying at the beginning of the show. It, it, especially this is important if you've got multiple accounts. Okay. You know, between you and your spouse, you've got multiple IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, 450s, simple SEPs, Kia, whatever. Okay. Also inherited IRAs because there's an RMD there. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if that's full, it's now that's coming in your plan. You got to keep track of that as well. Right. (laughs) And, and so you want to, um, all right. And, and so, so what does the, Let's, uh, this is so easy to do on the radio, right? You know, to, to try to visualize a spreadsheet, but visualize a spreadsheet. Okay. So in, in the first column, you know, going down, you list all those accounts we just right. mentioned for you and your spouse, right? Okay. So that's, um, and then in column two, okay, you enter the 1231 balance for each right. one of those. Okay. Even if you plan to co-mingle, and I don't know if we'll get to the co-mingling, but right. th- it doesn't matter. Create the crib sheet. Decide how you're going to co-mingle later. But first, let's get it, you know, now, now. So, okay. So, so you put it, and then in the third column, you enter what your RMD divisor is for the year, right? So, for example, if you were born in 1951, Carrie, guess what? Your first RMD is now happening because you turned 73 this year. And, you know, the distribu- you know, the divisor at age 73 is 26.5, you know, and so you take your 1231 balance divided by 26.5, and that gives you what your projected RMD is, right? So you do that for every one of those accounts that you listed, okay? And I'll call that your estimated RMD. Now, I don't, now also we recommend in column five, you cross-reference that with what your custodian says your RMD is. Now, some still send you a letter of that every year. Some put it on your December or January statement. If all this fails, call them up and ask right. them. Right. All right. Because we want to get it straight from the horse's mouth. Because they're you don't the ones. You want to do a calculation. I mean, you can do to see if, but they're the ones reporting it to the IRS. Yeah. And hopefully what they tell you matches what you put in column, you know, four, right? Or, right. you know, you know, um, you're, you're estimated. Because if, guess what? If they don't match, that's an issue. That's an issue. All right. Um, now, Okay, so then, um, so in column four, you you did the calculation. Column five, you you confirm that the custodian agrees with your calculation, right? Or if it's different, you find out who's right, and then you go to column six. That's the date that you actually request the distribution. Okay. Okay. Um, and 
now some people do it monthly. Not too many of our clients do it monthly, Carrie. So a lot do it quarterly. Quarterly. Um, but still the majority do it as needed or at the right. end of the year, right? Um, but anyway, so, you know, you, and, and this is where you get into co-mingling. So, so in, in, you know, in column five, um, you have to, you have the total of that column is what you have to totally take out for the year. But, you know, column six, you might not be taking it from every one. You may be co-mingling. Now, I'm not going to get too much combing. I don't have time, but we'll talk about that at another date. Um, or come and see us if you've got questions about that. So, so in column six, you say, okay, this is the, the amount I requested from this particular account. Okay, then column seven, Carrie, <laughs> you enter that gross amount. Okay, so that column six is the date. Right. Column seven is the gross amount that you requested. All right, column eight is the federal withholding. If you requested, okay, or zero if you didn't request any. Column nine could be Ohio withholding. If they support Ohio withholding, a lot of custodians don't. It's one right. of the things you need to find out. Okay, and then maybe even column ten is if you're doing QCDs, you want to keep track of when the QCDs are done. Right. Okay, and from which account you did it from, and all that good stuff. All right. So that takes up to you know. So that that kind of completes the sheet, but we still have a couple columns left, Carrie. Okay. Okay. So column eleven is a column where you have a confirmation checklist or check off that it was done. Okay. Properly. Yeah. Because Carrie, have we ever had a situation that some of our clients have requested an RMD and we find out they find out later the after the year's done? That it didn't happen? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember I said, you know, it, it, it's not that every client every year has a problem with this, but in any year that we've done business, some client well, has had a problem with happen. this. happen. There's a crisis in the family. There's other somebody sick, whatever. And then, and then finally, column 12 is what you were mentioning earlier, which is what we're really doing at this time of year is now we're getting the 1099Rs. Right. Right. The 1099R, the R stands for a retirement account, right? right? So this is, you know, think of your, if you're, if you're not used to that, think of your W-2, right? Right. That is a summary of everything that's happened with your payroll and how much total for the year, how much went to withholding that. Well, in, in, in retirement, those come on what's called 1099Rs. So if you're getting a pension, you're getting one. Social Security has their own version of it. Anytime you take money out of a qualified plan, it'll initiate a 1099R. That's what you want to make sure. Because, because Carrie, another problem we've had all the time, is especially if clients have multiple accounts, they miss one of those in the mail. Right. Also, I was going to say, are you going to say, guess what? Sometimes 1099s are wrong. <laughs> That's why you have the crib sheet because you have, you, you already have, well, so as the 1099R comes in in the mail, first of all, you're looking for it because you're trying to check it off your crib right. sheet. Secondly, you want to make sure the numbers that are showing up there match the numbers that you put down. Right. And we do this for our clients all the time. And we, that's how we catch things. All and right. we do that before it goes to their CPA. And how many CPAs, maybe they've done it, you know, they've clients have brought stuff in and we caught it after the tax return was filed. So most of the tax preparers or CPAs that we were appreciate that we do this checklist and we double check things so they're not having to spend more time to file an amended return. Right. So 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 yeah, Kira, that's a good point. So not only over the as as our clients who've gotten into this routine, this annual financial planning maintenance, 
not only do they rely on it, like you're saying, a lot of their tax preparers rely on right. it. Right. Or it certainly, it, it replaces, you know, when they get that tax package, sometimes we call oh, it, when yeah. the CPA sends out, and it's 20 pages long. And, you know, in the 20 pages, it's one section calls, well, you know, how much did you do in RMDs? How much withholding did you do? How did you do any QCDs? This crib sheet has it all. Right. Okay. And, and it's already completed and it's already checked off. And, and also, and, and if you're doing this, if you're, if you're checking off those 1099 R's before, like you're saying, you drop the, you know, the, the basket of information mm-hmm. off at the CPAs. Um, if, you know, you're already in a position where you say, Hey, I got them all or I don't have them all. And if you realize, Hey, I don't have them all. You get on the phone and call that custodian. Or, and to make sure they're correct. I mean, thankfully with our clients that we say, okay, no, the plan was to do 20% federal withholding in 10 state, and we've had it reversed on the 1099, or they didn't report one of them, and certainly they got to check that with the withholding, so. Right. And and the other thing, too, is you could actually throw in another column too, Carrie, because sometimes you get a corrected 1099. Right. That's especially true on the investment accounts. Mm-hmm. Be, you know, and, and so that's why, again, you might not want to get, try to get your tax return done too early if you have a lot of investment accounts. Right. I'm meaning that you have investments in mutual funds, stocks, bonds, a lot of that type of thing. Um, because a lot of times, there's a corrected one and also they don't come till, till later on in the year. So that, so that's another reason, um, that you're keeping track of those. And so, like I said, you know, that's, that's kind of what I'm calling the crib sheet. And, and when you follow that and get into that practice, yeah, it may seem like a lot of work the first time you do it, but once it's done, it's real easy to do the next year. Right. Cause the, the, the template's already there. Unless you changed all the accounts right. or something, so it's it's just and 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 it really will save you tax preparation time. It'll save you worrying about preparing for taxes, and most importantly, it will save you perhaps from getting fan mail from the IRS. All right, Carrie, we'll right. talk more about this. In the, in the, in the, Call the estate planning team for a free consultation at four four zero two three nine twenty ninety. That's four four zero. 239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.